0: For today's Sheer, I'm going to discuss a pasuk and a Rashi comment in Parshas Dvorim. Meshav Rabbeinu in Parshas Dvorim begins to speak to the Jews to rebuke the Bnei Yisrael and in pasuk Vav, he says the following. He is describing the time after the Kalal Yisrael had reached Harsinai, they had received the Torah, they had built the Mishkan, and so on, and then he recalls the time that HaKadosh Baruch Hu told them that they need to move on, go through the Midbar quickly, and reach Eretz Yisrael. And Reish Rabbeinu says, Hashem, our God, spoke to us at Chorev, that Har Sinai, saying the following, Rav dochem sheves b'harazeh. We'll translate very Literally, it is much for you the dwelling or the sitting at this mountain. So what does that mean? Rashi says, the explanation is according to its simple meaning. In other words, you're sitting here long enough, perhaps too much already, it's time to go. And as we see in the next Plessach, Kodesh Baruch Hu says it's time to go to Eretz Yisrael and conquer all the different parts of Eretz Yisrael and begin the life of the Jewish nation in Eretz Yisrael. Now Rashi says, There is a Midrash. Rav Lachem doesn't mean you're sitting here long enough. It means you have attained, you have accomplished Rav. You have obtained a lot of Gedula a lot of greatness and a lot of reward for your dwelling at this mountain. What did you do? What did you gain? Asisem mishkan menorah You made the mishkan. You made the menorah. You made other Kalim, other vessels, other things that were in the mishkan. Kibaltem torah. You received the Torah. Minisem l'chem sanhedrin. And you appointed for yourselves a Sanhedrin and you appointed officers each one of whom was in charge of a thousand people and officers each one of whom was in charge of hundreds of people. Before we go to the Midrash from which Rashi is drawing his source we can already ask a very simple question on the Rashi just based on our basic knowledge of Chumash. Rashi here is listing some of the accomplishments that were made by the Jewish nation at Har Sinai And he begins with Asisim Mishkan, you made the Mishkan. And then he says Kibaltam Torah. Now that is not chronologically correct. It's quite obvious from the Chumash that Kabbalah Satura happened first, then the Cheta Egel occurred, and then HaKadosh Baruch who said, Make the Mishkan. According to Rashi, It's in that order because, uh, historically it's in that order, because the Mishkan is a kapara for the Cheta Egel. But even if we don't go into that whole matter, it is clear from the Chumash, the chronology, that the Torah was received first and later the Mishkan was built. So that is question number one on this Rashi. Furthermore, if we go to the Midrash Sifrei which is Rashi's source, we will see that Rashi changed a number of items from the Midrash. Changed or added, which is quite common, that if one goes back to Rashi's sources in Midrash or in the Gemara, one will see that he quotes, but not exactly. He shapes things in his own way. So here's the Sifri. So, this is a comment from the Midrash on this pasuk. Socher hu lachem yeshivaschem v'harazei there is a reward for you for your dwelling by this mountain Kibaltam aleichem esatara you received the torah minisim aleichem ayin Zakanim, and you appointed upon yourselves no minisi aleichem I Hashem appointed upon you shivim Zakanim, 70 elders the Sanhedrin v'sari alafem v'sari meyes v'sari chamishim v'sari asares and officers over a thousand, officers over hundreds, officers over 50, officers over tens. You made the Mishkan and the Kalim. This should be HoHano, Gedoylah, Hilachem, Yeshivas, Beharazah. There is a great benefit, a great advantage to you that occurs, that accrues to you from your dwelling. By this mountain. Lubavitcher Rebbe points out several changes that Rashi made from the Midrash. First of all, we have the first change that we noted already, even without the Midrash, that Rashi puts the the Mishkan first and Kabbalah Satura second. The Midrash has it in what seems to be the correct chronological order a Torah, you received there the Torah, and in fact, the Shivim Zakanim was what happened next chronologically, and then Asisim Lechem HaMishkan That's So question number one is, why does Rashi put the Mishkan first? Question number two, the Rebbe points out, is that the Mish, the, Mid, the Midrash only mentions HaMishkan V'Kelam. The Mishkan and all of the different things that are there. There's a shulchan, and a menorah, and a mizbeach, and so on and so forth. Rashi puts a special emphasis on menorah. He sticks in the word menorah, which is not in the Midrash. Rashi seems to be particularly interested in the fact that we made a mishkan that had a menorah. So that's question number two. Why does Rashi mention the menorah? Question number three, when the Midrash talks about appointing the Sanhedrin, in appointing the various officers over the people, the, Mish, the Midrash says, "Minisi alechem, I Hashem appointed upon you." Take a look at Rashi: "Minisem lochem, you plural appointed upon yourselves." So Rashi changed from Hashem appointing these people, which in a sense is certainly true. Hashem told Moshe Rabbeinu to do it, but Rashi changes that to "Minisem lochem, you appointed." which is also in a sense true, because Moshe Rabbeinu did choose the people, but why did he change from the way the Midrash says it to a new way of saying it? These are three questions that we can raise on Rashi. The Rebbe asks another one or two, two or three questions. We're going to limit ourselves to these few questions. The Lebavashi Rebbe Zechreinu the Bracha explains, that the, the thrust of this basak, that Hashem spoke to us at Chayrov and He said, you're sitting here long enough at this mountain, or you've accomplished so much sitting here on this mountain. The point of this basak is to say, you have, according to Rashi, you have accomplished everything you need to accomplish at this mountain in order that you, will, you are now able to go into Eretz Israel, and although In Eretz Yisrael, you will be living a physical, typical kind of life. You're not going to be sitting at Harsinah all day, studying Torah. You're going to be living on your farms. You're going to be planting the crops and harvesting the crops. And maybe there'll be some enemies around that you'll have to fight. And, And maybe there's some business that needs to be done. You're going to be living a kind of typical everyday life, but... What you have accomplished here at Har Sinai has prepared you that you can exist spiritually in Eretz Yisrael. And the Rebbe explains further that there are three main things that were necessary in order to maintain a spiritual existence in Eretz Yisrael. And number one is they needed a place, a Mokum k'vua, a set established place for Hasroas HaShechina, for the Shina to rest. Just as at Har Sinai, the Shechina was on Har Sinai, they needed a place in Eretz Yisrael, a set established location for the Shina. And that, of course, is the Mishkan, and later on, the Beis HaMikdash. In order not to lose touch with the Kaddish Baruch Hu, Kaddish Baruch Hu had to have a place where he could, quote unquote, stay amongst us. That is the Mishkan. Number two, what's necessary is we need the Torah. We need the instructions of the Torah which tell us how to live, and most specifically they tell us how to live in Eretz Yisrael. So many of the Torah's mitzvahs really can only be done in Eretz Yisrael. The Torah is, we don't always think about it like this, but the Torah really is the instruction book how to live in Eretz Yisrael, with Ruchnias, with spirituality. And the third thing that we needed, we needed leaders, we needed someone to teach us the Torah and to decide what to do in difficult cases that perhaps the the letter of the Torah doesn't specify. And all these three things we accomplished, we prepared for at Har Sinai. We built the Mishkan, and the Rebbe says, that's why Rashi puts the Mishkan first. Because the first problem you're going to, first challenge you're going to encounter in Eretz Israel, is that you're not standing at Har Sinai. You don't have a Kodesh Baruch Hu right with you, right in front of you. But for that, we built the Mishkan. We will have. There's always the Mishkan wherever it might be sitting at any particular time in history. But there is a place where a Kodesh Baruch Hu can be found, and the Rebbe explains, this is why Rashi adds in menorah, because the menorah, as Rashi explains in Pasha's Emor, the menorah was Eidosi the Yisrael shashchina shruya Benehem. the menorah specifically out of all the kelim of the Mishkan, it specifically provided a testimony that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is with us. The Neir Hamaravi. There was one of the Neiros that remained burning all the time, and this was an edus. This was a testimony that Hakadosh Baruch Hu is the Shechina is shruya Bi yi Yisrael. So since here the point of Mishkan is makam kavu lahashras it it is an established place for the Shechina to rest. So Rashi emphasizes because it has a menorah. The menorah testifies to that. So all of that Rashi puts first. Next Rashi says, Kibaltim Torah. At Har Sinai, you received the Torah and therefore you have the instruction book that you need in order to live properly in Eretz Yisrael. And at Har Sinai, you appointed for yourselves the Sanhedrin and other leaders. You have the leaders to guide you, to teach you the Torah, to adjudicate difficult matters in the Torah. And the Rebbe explains, this is where Rashi changes from Minisi lochem that Hashem appointed these leaders, and rather Rashi says minisem lochem, you plural appointed for yourselves, because the the Nakuda here, the point here is that we did all of this. The pasuk says Rav lochem, you have acquired a lot of greatness here. You have prepared yourself for life in Eretz Israel. This explains the Rashi and if this were only a she'er on Chumash Rashi perhaps I could stop here. A very, a very good explanation of the Rashi has been provided by the Rebbe. However we know that this is not only Parshas Dvarim coming up but this is Shabbos chazain This is the Shabbos before Tishabov. And we could certainly ask about this whole nice explanation of rashi that we have just given that this is all very nice when you have a base when you have eretz israel when eretz israel is what it should be it had the base of mikdash it had the menorah it had the sanhedrin had all of these things what do we have where is how, how, how are we capable of living a spiritual life in galus or even if we live in Eretz Yisrael, but there's no Beis Amikdash, and there's no Menorah, and there's no Sanhedrin. So what enables us to continue to exist as an Amkodesh? And I think perhaps there is an answer to this in Apostolic in Tilim with Arashi. Rashi. In Tilim, chapter Samech so David HaMelech says as follows. He is describing there various that. He personally is under, underwent that he had to, that he, had, that he was challenged with and it also would seem that it is all a muscle for Golos, for the many difficulties, the many challenges that Klal had to suffer through. One of the things he says is Kikinas Beischa achalosni," the jealousy of your house has eaten me up. We'll see in a minute what that means. And the insults of those who insult you, Hashem, have fallen upon me. What does it mean? The jealousy regarding your house has eaten me up, has caused others to try to destroy me. says Rashi, The Goyim, the nation saw the love that you expressed for us. The Od when your house, when the HaMikdash was still standing, the Niskanub. There's a letter missing over here. Oops. The Niskanubi. And they became jealous of me. Now what is Rashi saying? He seems to be saying, he seems to be understanding the Pasik that the the author of an Amelech. Is projecting into the future. He's speaking as if he is alive during the time of Gullus, during a time when there is no more Besamikdash. And he is saying that the nations are jealous of me and they're angry at me and they're trying to eat me up because they know how much love you showed to me when in the past your Besamikdash had existed. Very interesting. We're talking here at a time when there's no Besamikdash. And David el is saying, but the Goyim were angry and they were jealous because we, once upon a time, had the Vesa Mektash. How can we understand this? So I think there's in one other Pasuk and one other Rashi, which will, when we put it all together, we, able to, we will be able to see what this is all about. In Kohelis, we find, I would say, a rather cryptic Pasuk. There are Midrashim that explain it a number of different ways, and different Meforshim explain it in different ways. Let's see how Rashi treats it. The Pasik says, Tain give a give a portion to the seven, the Gam Lishmoina, and also to the eight. Obviously, what's the seven? What's the eight? It could be interpreted in a number of ways. Ki lo seida ma yihie roo ala Because you don't know what kind of evil, what kind of bad things may come upon the land. So what does this mean? It says Rashi, Give a portion, meaning pay attention, be careful with the seven uh, public Korbanais that were brought on the seven days of Pesach. Be careful to bring the Korban musaf every day of Chag Pesach and also be careful to bring the eight korbanais which are special to the eight days of chag meaning sukkahs sukkahs and why because, because if someday the Beis HaMittish will be destroyed and you will no longer be able to bring these korbanais but the earlier korbanais the first korbanais that you brought In the past, when there was a Beis HaMikdash, they will have an effect. They will be effective and they will help you. We see from these two Rashis that the korbanais that were brought in the Beis HaMikdash long, long ago, it's uh, almost 2000 years since the Beis HaMikdash was destroyed. Those korbanais are still working for us. We normally, when we think about korbanais we normally think that, well, we don't have them. You can daven, and your tefillah counts like a korban. You can learn about the korbanis and your learning is considered like a korban, but a real korban, we just don't have. It's gone. But from these two rashis, especially from this second rashi, we see a very interesting chiddush, that the korbanis that were brought at the time of the Baisa Mikdash are still a schus, they still a merit. They're still working for us in some way. And even the nations understand this, maybe perhaps not consciously, but they're still jealous of us. They're still jealous that once upon a time we had the Beis Amikdosh. Why don't the Goyim just say, oh, who cares? That, that's over. That's done. Hashem took that away from them. They're, they're a bunch of bums. No, no. The nations are jealous that we once had the Beis Amikdosh and that, in effect, we still have the Beis HaMikdash in some fashion of course on Tisha B'av we are focused on the absence of the Beis HaMikdash but we, also, we also need to understand we also have to have a certain comfort a certain level of Nechama that the korbanas that were brought in the Beis HaMikdash 2,000 years ago are still working for us they are still providing us with protection, and they can still be an inspiration to us. And we just need to rectify a few things, maybe more than a few things, maybe they're not little things, but we can get them back, because in effect, they have never left us. Thank you for listening to Directions in Rashi with Yochanan Joseph, author of the book Directions in Rashi, available from Feldheim Publications. Production aspects were carried out by Minagain Music. Visit them online by going to facebook.com slash